I think that I lived a lot of my life um, feeling like I wasn't held. Like I like I had to fight for survival. I had to like I was like gripping on so tight. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this amazing because that's really the analogy I would say. Like I feel like I was like holding on for dear life. And so it's this idea that perhaps, you know, like everything we're gripping on for dear life with, like we're just holding on, holding on so tight. But when it's like, oh, it brings me back to like being a little kid. And like I almost drowned when I was three and my dad saved me and he just held me in the water. Like I was like, you know, I was under the water. (laughs) Of course, Bianca, my mom has a picture of my dad holding me in the water right after. And like he, he was like, we weren't going to take you out of the water because we wanted you to know that you were safe. Each breath is a chance to begin again. Each tiny expression of love and every thought that stretches a heart beyond its storied armor is a beginning. May we give ourselves boundless grace and infinity chances at loving ourselves through the fog of our own disappointments. May we have the courage to face our heartbreak in all its glory, for the break cannot exist without the love. Help Me See is a podcast that redefines the word vision through vulnerable and real conversations, my own private introspective ramblings about the things that I think about in the wee hours of the morning, and my deep core belief that your nothingness is your everything, and all you have to do is see. I'm Bianca Mora, I'm your host. I am an educator, a photographic artist, and I believe that your daily photo habit can be the key to unlocking the ability to be more present in your everyday life and live deeper into your intention and purpose. We're not about the small talk here. Grab your coffee, get cozy, and let's talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Help Me See. This one is delayed. I have been traveling and traveling, and um, this I'm coming back after a couple-week hiatus with a really, really special episode with one of my beloved coaches, Amber Lillistrom. She is a branding strategist, a business mentor, an author, a keynote speaker, a poet, Um, she is just a unicorn of a human being. And I mean, in every sense of the word, and I cannot wait to be able to share her voice with you. I have been a part of her world now for, I don't know, two years. I don't even remember. I don't remember before. Um, but I have had the privilege of being in the same room with her. I've gone to her uh, in-person retreat. I've been on countless Zoom calls with her and she is just someone that's near and dear to my heart. And <laughs> during our talk, I mean, the basis of our talk was supposed to be about, well, I mean, it was about um, how honoring yourself is the most generous thing you can do for others and how you know, we can get so caught up in the spiral of sacrificing yourself and your wants and needs and your desires and your dreams in the name of the people you care most about. But really the best thing you can do for them is whatever the best thing is for you. And she is a gorgeous example of that. And we ended up talking about how her coaching and business mentoring is another form of what we do with photographs of taking a photograph of something and saying, look, look at this, look at you. That's what she does with her words. And actually fun fact, Amber started out as a photographer. I mean, well, she was a photographer, um, years ago. And her parents were also photographers. And I stumbled upon some uh, discoveries about her past that I wasn't aware of. That was so cool and so exciting. And I'm just so excited to bring this conversation to you. I sound a little nasally because I got sick towards the end of my travels. 
it's okay. We're here. We're doing the thing. I'm excited to get back, back in the swing of things. And, um, I look forward to hearing your thoughts about my conversation with Amber. Uh, look in the show notes for, to learn more about Amber and get in her world. Uh, I'm going to put her website, her Instagram, everything you need to know to get in touch with her. If, if you just find yourself needing some more Amber in your life. And before I get into the show, I wanted to let you know that my new program, new coaching offerings around photographic arts is coming out very, very soon. So if you are loving the conversations, the type of conversations that are had on this podcast, and you are a photographic artist that is looking to learn more about seeing the picture under the picture, about really honoring your own sacred vision and getting to feel like creation is freedom rather than constraint, um, go ahead and sign up for the wait list and you will be one of the first to know. If you are not a photographic artist, I also have a course on seeing for your photographic practice. And that is just a fancy word for your daily photo habit, the pictures you take every day. Um, it's really a deep dive into making the unconscious conscious in the pictures that you take of your daily life. I have a bunch more people that have been signing up for that course, and I'm so excited to see it to see it spreading. So if you want to learn more about that course, it's called Manifest Your Memories. Um, you can find more information in the show notes there as well. Okay, without further ado, and I can't talk anymore anyway because I am getting out of breath. <laughs> Here is Amber. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for your patience, ma'am. Oh my goodness. I was laughing to myself because I was like, this is the perfect start of this conversation. This is the perfect start of this conversation. And it also feels really weird that this is the first time we're talking one-on-one -on -one because I feel like you're like one of my closest friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know there's always people around. We're trying to have our alone time. Jeez. <laughs> we only have our alone time in, in meme world. <laughs> I know it's so true. Like dying, laughing it. I just love your sense of humor so much. Cause it's so acting oh weird, like mine and <laughs> Like I can unleash the fullness of the weirdness with you and just know you completely understand it. I know I have such, um, I have such like FOMO of like, what, like your inside jokes with Kristen. Cause I'm like, I know I would find that so funny. You really would. <laughs> you really would. Oh my gosh. It is. It's the, we are the weirdest people on the planet and I uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Mm -hmm. So I, I just start recording because I always do an intro about whoever before. So okay. we don't, have to do that. But I want to start by being like, okay, exactly what happened right before this conversation is why we're having this conversation. So yesterday I'm right now I'm traveling. I'm in California on a trip and I had a terrible migraine, like shaking and vomiting. Migraine. Oh, no. And like, I was thinking to myself, like, I can't believe I'm going to have to cancel this conversation today. Like that was going through my mind. And then I realized during that, which I feel better now, which is obviously why I'm here. I'm like, wow, before, whatever before was, I don't know, last year, a year and a half ago, I don't even know how long. I know it wouldn't have even crossed my mind to cancel. I would have been like, how am I going to be able to disguise how I feel? Yeah. Keep this commitment type of thing. And I laughed when I like woke up to your, um, <laughs> I'm on West Coast time now. So I woke up to your message and it was like, hey, do you mind? pushing this 15 minutes so I can like pee and like get a drink and <laughs> before I talk. And I'm like, exact, like such a, a little thing that I feel like a lot of people wouldn't even think to do. They're just like, Oh, I'm going to have to hop off this call and immediately go on this call. Oh my and gosh, I know. Ask, like, what are we little? What are we this little, like, what do we think? And what does that do too? Is like giving you that time to reset and give yourself space will only help you to show up more powerfully yeah. In this conversation. So like, of course, I have to take myself off so because I get distracted by my own Italian hand movements. Um, <laughs> um, so, of course, I was like, this is what we're talking about today, how prioritizing yourself can be the most generous thing you can do for other people. And the thing about this is that I think it's so funny because it can feel like such a heavy lift to embark on that. 
Um, but doing it in the smallest places and spaces like this, 15 minutes, can I have 15 more minutes? Or like yesterday, just knowing, like taking the pressure off, I must get better to like, if I'm not better, I just have to cancel. That's it. Or, or like that like, is it. Or reschedule. Or reschedule, you know, like that's it. Because there's um, like infinite amounts of time that we could just do it later. You infinite know? amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to me, one of the things, because we're on Help Me See podcast, thing that freaks me out thoroughly is this idea of how could I not have seen that? Like, how could I say, I, it freaks me out to think only up until this year, yeah. Oh yeah, could I have seen that? So what I want to start on, like in this conversation is like, how do you even get to the point where you're able to uncover so many choices? Because that is like one of the biggest gifts that you give like every single week or every other week, whenever we have our coaching calls, is that like, you just open up possibility and choice. You're like, but actually there are these choices. Like, how did you get to the point where you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. I see so much room for choosing me in my life and in my business. Yeah, by not, (laughs) by suffering, by living into the narrow uh, option only, by suffering greatly for really long periods of time and then working with a mentor in a really intimate and ongoing capacity on my stuff, um, a million different things that helped me to reveal that the the answer for all of the things I was suffering from and all of the afflictions I was bringing to those conversations always seemed to be the same answer. Uh, lighten up, trust the cosmic plan, understand that if it was meant to be, it would have And everyone is doing the best they can with the resources they have available to them in any given moment, even you. I really hated that last part. And it was a real hard pill to swallow, but it was like, but, but I could do it better, but I could be doing it better. I could be more succinct. I could find a way to make my bladder not have to fill up between (laughs) three hours of calls between talking to Bianca and my clients before that. I could simply dehydrate myself. It'll be fine. (laughs) I could just not drink water, you know, and not meet that human need. And it's like, how ludicrous, you know, how ludicrous. And I think the other thing is I stopped taking myself so seriously, part one. And then part two, I gave myself permission to completely just step off of the pedestal right? Like this idea of like who I have to be for people and just Mm -hmm. understand that who I am has to be enough because there's just no more for me to give. And it, if that disappoints people, well, then they're the one that's disappointed. Like they're the one that has to grapple with the feeling of disappointment, not me. Trust me, I've got plenty of other stuff that I have to deal with within my own Mm -hmm. inner workings, Mm -hmm. but you know, someone else's disappointment you know, what I've learned too, Bianca, is like we overinflate that as a reflection of our own inner criticisms. And nine times out of 10, it's like exactly what you said. Like, yeah, of course we can just start 15 minutes later. And actually I took 17 minutes because I walked out on the dock and wanted to have an experience of being outside for a second before I came back in to be with you. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, it's with 17 minutes. And you know what? Every Look, nothing burned down. We're here. Oh, Everything's we're here. Yeah. And my bladder is like completely empty now. And I'm going to refill it up while we talk. What? Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what? And I think that we have to contextualize this a little bit more. I'd like to d- dive into like the story mm. of how, where that began and how you parted your career. Cause I don't, you know, just for everyone yeah. that doesn't know, but, um, my first thing is it's funny because right now I'm taking an NLP certification course and it's been the most off the cuff thing I've ever done. Never had any interest in it before. It's like so many times I'm in class. I'm like, why am I here? How did I get here? But it's funny how it has really illuminated so much of my world. It's like one of the things I just worked on a couple of days ago was my intense fear of disappointing someone, of not meeting an expectation when there has been no traumatic experience for me around that. Um, right. Anyway, so there's a rabbit hole there. But you said their disappointment like, is for them to deal with. How did you get to the point where you could draw that line and be like, that's them, that's not me? How do you yeah. entangle from that? 
Because I think that I, I faced the stories that I had about other people's experiences head on and actually went into them to discern, was that even true? Or was it a, a hologram, right? Like some sort of holographic projection of my own comprehension. And the reality is, is of course it was, because all I can see through is my own lens. So like I experience you through the lens of me and, yeah. and that's not going to be the same, like our friend Kristen's going to see you differently because she's seeing you through her lens and she's a different person. And so I got to this place of like that sort of, you know, that wormhole where you're, and then that moment where you like, look at, you know, that cat gif where it's like this cat and he's going, well, you guys, I don't know if you can see the video, but he's like, mm, like this, he's like vibrating. Yeah. 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 And like the cosmos <laughs> are behind him. Like yeah. you have that cat gif <laughs> moment where you realize like nobody has ever met you in the way that you understand yourself ever, because all they can do is, is meet you through their own understanding. And so that just trips me out to think about how much I've struggled and made all these definitions and all these like insecurities (laughs) and these shortcomings and all. And it's like, Oh my God, it was you the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the inception movie or whatever. What is real? It really is the matrix. Right. And so that just getting to the real base and you and I, our brains work very similarly. Like I like to go to that existential weird place where most people like to spend a lot of time, like the echo chamber of my own existence. I love going there and then just looking at this stuff and, and, tripping out on it and realizing that we're all these individual beings who are united and connected and unified in these miraculous circumstances that we have 0% control over though we like to think that we do because our human brain likes to do that. And actually it's all an effing miracle. And, and just the fact that we're alive is a miracle. And oh my God, like, did you see that tree and what it was doing and how the wind was blowing those leaves? And mm-hmm. I'm worried about like what people are going to think of my outfit. Yeah. 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 That's something recognizing the opportunities for more um, like daily miracles or like seeing the sacredness of your day to day. Like the fact that you're like, oh, wait, I went to pee. Oh, wait, I want to walk out on the dock. You're able to infuse this very intentional moment in your day through just the most minimal effort of doing that. And I think like sometimes we think that it has to look like this big lift, but really you're only able to make the big lifts by the snowball effect that happens from like the little choices. And that's why I love like photographically speaking. That's why I love using the camera as a way of uh, just saying this, like, it's not, I don't even care. I say the picture doesn't matter. Like it really isn't the point. I love beautiful pictures. Of course. It doesn't matter. Like the picture is not the point. It's the holding it up, seeing that there's everything around you, but you are pointing this right here and you are taking a moment and you're looking at that. Which will and never that, exist again in time. No, ever, it gives ever me goosebumps every time. I don't care if you're looking at a steamy pile of dog poop. Like for some reason you're looking at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just I mean, incredible. I agree. I agree. And I go, uh, it's miraculous to sit in this chair and have this conversation with you. Like, what the hell? How the heck do we even know each other? Why? It's mm-hmm. so crazy. Like when you really think about that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, because you did good marketing. Um, not really. Like that, that's I yeah, I do great marketing all the time, but it didn't translate mm-hmm. into a relationship like this, like this connection, mm-hmm. this soul connection, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think about like, why are my children my children and my husband, my husband, and my best friend, my uh-huh. best friend? And, I mean, I could just go. And so all of those questions lead you back to like, I'm going to be worried about somebody being disappointed in me. Like I'm allowed to make mistakes and be human in the mm-hmm. same ways that they are. And also like, if I'm disappointed in somebody else, cause that is helpful to go to that experience. Like, well, what does it feel like to be disappointed that something didn't go the way that you wanted to, or somebody made a different decision and it didn't go your way or whatever. It's like, well, again, if it was meant to, then it probably would have, right? Like, uh, John Connolly, who teaches, um, rapid resolution therapy, he has this thing. He says, if, if it could have been different than it would have been. And so, and that's a tough pill to swallow. I'm like, Oh, you know? And so he really will like school you on it and saying like, you know, Amber, if I understand that the, the man who abused you as a little girl 
like that wasn't right. But if it could have been different, it would have been different. And I spent a lot of years just being like, well, he should have known better and he shouldn't have done that. And he shouldn't have hurt me. And if he had gotten the help that he needed and he did it, and it's like, but you're, then you trap yourself there. And I think yeah. that's, that's a big part of my own unraveling, like in my infertility story and stuff. Um, it's been really, really painful. And like, I've still, I'm still mm-hmm. working on it, you know, all the time. It's like, well, maybe if I didn't exercise as much as I did playing soccer at, at like I did, then I wouldn't have had this when I wouldn't have this. And then I would have been able to get pregnant. And that, it's like, oh my gosh, like that is so much pressure. And so that sentence, I found it to be really liberating you know, because here's the thing, like we can all think of examples of things we wish we could go back and change. And I'm not even going to try to do the, like, there was a silver lining. No, I'm not trying to do that at all. Like shit, mm-hmm. really hard shit happens. Painful, terrible mm-hmm. things happen. And if it could have been different than it would have been, and you taking ownership for every dimension of the things that you couldn't influence or change and still can't to this day is causing you so much pain. Mm-hmm so mm-hmm. much pain. And it's like, do you want to be free? Do you want to mm-hmm. at least get to the, like the, the shore of free? Yeah. Because I don't know how we keep going on punishing ourselves mm-hmm. so deeply with this stuff. Well, you know, what's fascinating to me is that in something that I didn't realize until recently is how like I cognitively realized it, but like physically realized it, how painful it can be to acknowledge even your empowering choices yeah. because it means that you have to break out of this identity of like, or like you have to acknowledge that you can move on for some, from something that you have. It's been so terribly tied into your identity for so long that it's just part of you. And you're like, if I like, it makes me want to cry. It's like, if I let myself let go of this terrible thing that's been weighing me down, I don't, what does that mean about all of these years of my life? I know. It's like I I came to this realization once that like uh recently I realized this fear, this debilitating dread fear that I have learned from my father. I always knew that, but like to me, fear has meant that means I love you. If I'm scared shitless about what could happen, and if I'm not always trying to be 47 steps ahead and like planning out like how I will be able to react or prevent or whatever all of this and like based my whole life around fear, Mm. then that means I don't care. That means I'm betraying my upbringing because I know that my dad's fear means he loves me. And I'm like, wow, what happens if I put that down? Um, I don't know. It's like, I act like I've been like my whole life. I've been like shackled and anchored with the fear, but really I've been holding it so tight. Like I can't put it down. What helped you put down? Was there, I know you have this whole incredible birth story. What would you say was your kind of like inflection point? Because the only reason that like, and I'm so fucking grateful for you. The only reason I've been able to expand and open through you is for you to ignore everyone else and focus on you. Because I would have never been attracted to you if you wouldn't have just been in your truth. Yeah. So what started it? Like, what was that? It feels good for all the the pain in the between. So my ego Mm -hmm. likes that. So thanks for that. That (laughs) Um, You know, my mom is the same way with her worrying. So her, her form or communication of love is I were, I always worry about you. And then I'm like, mom, you know, I've tried to like go against it. And then she's like, nope, for as long as I'm alive, I will be worried about you. I'm like, okay, that's, that is her language of love. So like her frame of love is I worry about you all the time and I have to tell you about it. And I can even feel my, my, um, solar plexus, so my chakras, right. I can feel like in there, this like instability, cause it's a power it's a, it's instable, it's unstable power. And it's like, okay, but it, but it feels empowered for her. Doesn't feel resonant for me. Like persist, persistently worrying about my children, which I do also, by the way, I think that there's something about motherhood, this like primal hit of you, your kids, keeping them alive is like your life's work. And it's, it's not easy. Like it's not, it's not easy. And it's like what happens in your body and the anxiety. And I just even noticed in the little ways, like Ben 
oh, my husband can easily just like wrestle with the kids and throw them around. And I was like trying to wrestle with Alex the other day. (laughs) I was like trying to like be rough with him. And I was like, I can't do this. Like I'm incapable of being rough with you. I'm just like, I'm going to throw you on the couch and my hands were like this. And I placed him on the couch. <laughs> He's like, mom, you're so boring. <laughs> I was like, He's just like, okay. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it again. And I just placed him on. I'm like, I cannot potentially injure your body in any way, shape or form or take that risk. I can't, I'm not capable of doing it. I'm just trying. He was like, this is the dumbest wrestling ever, mom. I could tell he was like, I'm not even where's dad where's dad because ben doesn't care you know it's like but it's good it's actually it's important it's i'm so grateful they have a dad for that because he will just throw them across the room and somehow they don't get hurt i mean sometimes they do but mostly they don't um so yeah i think that you know as far as like inflection points it's it's just a collection of these things it's that that recognition of oh mom loves me through her worry oh oh that's so interesting right it's like creating these new narratives around it. And instead of being like, geez, you know, my mom doesn't really love me that much because the way she's showing me she loves me is by cooking me food and buying me things that I don't need and telling me how worried she is about me. But that is literally like, that's that's her way. That is her devotion to me. Like that's her expression of deep love for her children. Whoa. And I had to learn how to see through these different lenses and um, decode that a little bit. And like, again, loosen up, right? Pull out the view, look at a broader perspective. And I think in doing that, it has really helped me chill the fuck out, part one. Two, be able to receive love in more multidimensional ways. And then C, provide more love, like give more love, be more loving. Um, Yeah, it's like, stand by that that ideology of all of you is welcome here just like the words we have in our mudroom right over the door and i really it's like i look at that and i go well is that true though amber like is that actually true like is the part of you that has struggled to get pregnant welcome here like is the part of you that is aging right now welcome here is the part of you that like has a bum knee sometimes or doesn't feel like she says all the right words or like, is she welcome here? Is the one who doesn't have all the followers or whose book isn't a bestselling? Is she welcome in here? Like I, I, I readily enter those kinds of conversations around the places where I feel myself restrict or constrict or withhold. Mm-hmm. And I, and I work on it because mm-hmm. I don't want to live that way. And it's also, but I also want to say, it's not like on the other side of that, it's all sunshine and rainbows that I don't like still get frustrated with certain things or still feel, you know, I had a, a big session with my, my mentor just recently. And um, one of the things we were talking about was, you know, this pass fail idea. And she says, it's so interesting that your unconscious mind just wants to go to failure as like a set point. And so she asked me this question. I'm just trying to get to it. Um, she said, why is there a bar? Hmm. I was like, oh man, I just sat there for a long time because I really didn't want to answer it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always like the best mentorship session where it's just old silence. Silence. Like, uh, why is there a bar? And it's like, because it's all I've ever known. I mean, it's all I've ever known. Of course, there it's there's a standard. There's a metric. There's a ruler. There's something I'm measuring up against. And yet, I know right in the, in the meat of that conversation, I can quickly get to the authentic me doesn't actually abide by any of that. Like the really, the true me wrote the poetry book to write the poetry book, not to, not to receive any accolades at all. Like truly that's the truth. You know, like you can get to like the, the marrow of that Mm -hmm. kind of truth. You can feel it. It's like, you took the picture to take the picture. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted yeah. to experience the act of taking the picture. Yeah. And, you know, and I also, it's important to say here too, to the the listeners, I was a also a portrait photographer and wedding photographer for a period before I started my, my business coaching um, business. And my parents were photographers. And I think I just said this on a stage and I was like having this existential I didn't know your parents were photographers. Yeah. My mom was oh, a, 
Yeah, they're really, really gifted. I have a lot of their work around the house here. Wow. Yeah, my dad was very much like more into landscapes, like sun, sunrise, sunset. Like I have these cool pictures my dad did. Water ripples with a sunset, like from the 70s. It's just so cool. My mom mom actually was published in Powder Magazine. She took pictures of skiers, like coming down the slopes and races and stuff. And um, she ended up having a photography business where she contracted out photographers to go out and do photographs for corporate companies. She's a baller. My mom was also a model. She was a Playboy bunny back in the 70s at the Boston Club. Yeah. Yeah. We're just dropping these bombs on me mid conversation yeah. as an aside. Yeah. Vic, Vic and Ellie, Vic and Ellie were like they were a vibe. Let's just put. My parents were like babes, total babes. Gosh. Yeah. So they were cool, and you know, all my whole life, I remember thinking, like, looking back at my childhood photos of like my brother and I. We have so many of them. My mom would just take these like insane pictures of us, like our profiles, like on the lake, like me with like a flat. And I'm like, these are not normal childhood photographs, like black and white, like my arm, like cool, expressive. I'm like, this because my parents were gifted at, at photos. And so I have like amazing childhood photo albums because my parents were like professional photographers. And I just, you know, so that's all I saw growing up was like photographs like that, like stories being told through photos, the way my parents took them. And so when I, when Ani was born, Ben, I bought Ben a really nice camera for like the first one we had owned as a couple. We got him this like cool mirrorless camera. And I just started taking photos of Ani, my baby, you know, like she's brand new and I love taking pictures of babies and family and people. Like I love people because I'm capturing their story. I can see people through my lens and I love it so much. And I said this on stage at a a wedding um, professional event just like a week ago. And I said, what I love so much about photography was taking a picture of someone in such a way that told their story and then showing it to them and just saying like, look, like this is look how beautiful you are. Like, do you, and then having them be like, like even the most self-critical person seeing a photograph of themselves and then watching them kind of like have their breath taken away. Cause they can't believe it's them. And it's not even because it's like, uh, an exceptionally like beautiful aesthetic photo, but it's like story and there's emotion captured and it's raw. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, I just love that art so much. And then I realized that I still do the same thing in my work. I just put yeah. the camera down and now I'm doing it with words and I'm you doing know? it with my own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just, I'm so emotional right <laughs> It's true. It's like, that's what you do like every time in a coaching call. It just like, it's the way you just said, look, that's what you do. <laughs> like, like threw up crying. Let's just that, cry and puke together. Because <laughs> like that's what like it's so funny. It's like I always oh my god struggle with myself with like words, but like really the most like the like the most truest thing I could say is like this and look like that's it. Like I don't need to like explain it. Like I'm like here and that's why I do the pictures. But like I think it's like so crazy that like yes of course that's why your work is so powerful because yes you use a lot more beautiful words and like you have like such a way of communicating but essentially what makes it powerful is your ability to say but look like look at you like look at but you want that look at that yeah oh my god destroyed it was a revelation for me too though Bianca because I'm on stage literally in a talk in front of a hundred people when it came to you. Yes. I'm like telling the story. I'm like, I d- and this is how, why I did for wedding photography. Cause I was like, had this idea. I'm like, Oh, I got to open this talk. Like with the, it was called the relevant workshop with the relevance of the fact that I know what they go through. Cause I was, did this. And yeah. I remember being at people's weddings and I, and I noticed like, oh, I don't, I don't actually want to be here. And it's, I don't really want to do this. Like I liked the portrait stuff. I didn't like all the pomp and circumstance. And all yeah. the requirements of the wedding stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, it felt so, it was like so jarring because I'm thinking like, this is their most sacred day. And I'm, and I'm like not having fun and I can't, that's out of integrity for me. Like I can't do mm. this anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So I was like, pulled the ripcord real fast on that. If I finished out my weddings and yeah. um, but portrait. And now I just like love, I, I did like brand stuff for a little bit too. And which I, I mean, I love, I, I just love 
giving people that and it I'm more effective with it I would say there's less in between mm-hmm. now with like the purest of the essence of my spirit getting to commune with people in that way and it's my it's this but it's like the same gift it just is expressing itself in a different medium now mm-hmm. and I've always been a seer I've always been able to and I know that the people listening to this podcast like we are people we see mm-hmm. we see what is unseen and mm-hmm. it is such a sacred and precious gift. And it's something that people so deeply crave in some ways that they don't even recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely is a risk, right? When I'm reflecting back to somebody, because sometimes I'll reflect something back that they're not ready to yeah. receive yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I know you've had that experience. We talked about it with, with a shoot that you did where it was mm-hmm. like, it took a minute for her to mm-hmm. get it. And I, And here's the other thing. I'm on the other side in my personal brand work where I have a lot of photo shoots mm-hmm. and I'll be totally honest with you as of late, my, my photos with my beloved best friend, Lauren Bodwell, who's literally mm-hmm. like one of my best friends on the planet who has taken too many photos of me in my life. Frankly, it's like I have 1 million photo albums from all the events and shoots and things we've done mm-hmm. over the last nine years, nine years together. You know, um, I haven't been loving my photos lately. And I, I said that to her and she's like, oh my gosh, that makes me feel really bad. And I was like, I know, I know that that would make you feel that way, but I, it's, it's not about you. It's actually about mm-hmm. me. It's about me and how I'm seeing myself. And there's something that's different and I'm having a hard time seeing it. Like I'm having a hard time receiving it. And I've, and that has been hard. I think that someone else captures you and then you get it back and it's like, Oh, but what is it a revealing? There's aspects of me that I'm still not accepting or there are changes Mm -hmm. that are happening maybe through what I look like or whatever. I don't know. I I honestly can't figure it out. Um, but I said to her, I'm like, let's do a shoot just you and me and let's just play and let's just like, just be us with nothing else. Like no one else in the room, just us like playing and trying things out and like coming into a new energy and a new story, because I think there's a new story to be told here, but this is feeling hard. And I really want to work with you on this. And she's like, yeah, me too. I'm like, this will be fun. You know, let's just play. Yeah. I removing the, it was so beautiful that you shared that with her because that it's so easy to just harbor that to. because you don't want to hurt those feelings but it's so powerful and important you know what I always say is um if you're looking for if you are looking for more powerful pictures look less at the pictures like it's you're just exactly what you're saying like let's just what what what's the experience it's just you and me it's just you know like and that just happens and no one wants to hear that like when someone's coming for like mentorship and like how how do you get emotive photos not by trying to get them out of photos. That's damn tr- yeah. sure. <laughs> like, I feel like, like, you know, I what I've discovered, I think is like, there's a part of me that somehow, if I really like get into it, there's, if I, it's like, oh, it's interesting that maybe there's a part of me that has felt like I have to appear a certain way in myself. Mm. And Lauren's picking up on it. Mm. Like Lauren's picking up on it. Like you can't hide from that. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so interesting? And I'm like, whoa, what's that actually about? And I've wanted to just not look at them, but actually mm-hmm. the medicine for me is no, you actually have to look at it. Such a gift a- that you can see it. Cause you wouldn't yeah. be able, like, it would be harder to see it without this as the modality. Totally. Cause I just keep moving, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, throw on the filter and keep going. And mm-hmm. so these are just like really interesting revelations. And they're, and going back to, you know, earlier questions that you asked, it's like, you have to, you have to find a way to exist in the uncomfortability without completely destroying yourself or like making yourself completely so small that it's like you don't the part of you that can think you don't deserve anything or don't deserve to deserve to exist, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, I think that lives in every human. And I'm not mm-hmm. afraid to say that out loud. It's like, I'm not afraid mm-hmm. of anybody's anybody's emotions. All of you is welcome here. And I think that's a big part of the work I've embarked upon in this last year too, is um, focusing on the innate intelligence of our emotions and what they're bringing forward because the emotions are the language of the body. And Mm -hmm. so when I feel devastated or I feel sad or I feel like an emotion that that is not as much fun to be in, I, I will ask my clients in the same thing, like, okay, 
how do you be more of that? Like, show me how that, what does that emotion move like? What does mm-hmm. it do? How fast does it move? What sound does it make? What, mm-hmm. and I've been doing mentorship with this amazing therapist and teacher. Um, his name's David Bedrick and he teaches process oriented facilitation. And so he has been, I've been in his year long program, just like learning this modality and learning how to help people tap into their innate wisdom. And that means like inclusivity within self, not taking, you know, compartmentalizing different dimensions. Like if I feel sad in about how my foot, it's like, what is that about? Like, what, what is the story that comes up there? Like what emerges? And it's not even for the, the need to change it, but Mm -hmm. for the need to actually just accept it, to look at it, to acknowledge it with it. Yeah. Because there's wisdom in it, like it wouldn't be coming up if there wasn't something for you in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like being able to, you don't have to force yourself to like stare at it for a million years. But like if you keep looking away and if you uh-huh. stop taking photos and if you, you know, I, I, I think about it as like taking permanent action on temporary feelings instead of just like being with it. Like I always tell the story one time I used to. I mean, I used to have a huge problem with my profile. Like I hated it. There's like a tiny bump on my nose. I don't know. Everyone has their thing. It's so dumb. And one, there was one for my whole life, as long as I can remember. And there was one photo last year where I was completely profile. I had my kids in my lap, completely profile. And I was like, I not only don't mind, but I like that. Like I like, it's strong and it's distinct and I like it. I'm like, wow. What if for years I felt like that? What if I avoided photos for years just because of that? And all of a sudden, I don't give a shit anymore. That would have been a really hard pill to swallow, you know? And I think that something, especially around photography in general, is that like, I think sometimes that we unknowingly are always looking at something through the lens of like what other people will see in that or what other people will think or like where this photo can live. I think what's so unique about your position right now with like, you've done so many photos with, you know, someone you're so close with. It's just like, it gets to be this living, breathing organism. It gets to be something where like, it doesn't have this formality of, oh, well, okay, here's a thing. It's yeah. very static. You're like, let's There's no goal with it. Let's breathe with it. There's not a goal because not everything you take is meant for sharing. Like it gets to be something that something for you to look at, like, huh, what's here, what's here. Right. Something that I'm really curious about, it's a little bit of a sidetrack, but I've never, it's really rare to talk to someone who has parents that have documented their childhood in any sort of artful manner, you know? So what do you think that did? And because you're so gifted at with seeing, I'm just curious, what do you think growing up is that with that as a foundation of, huh, look at me with that, like just more intentional photos. What do you think that did for your foundation in the way that you just grew up seeing? Yeah. I think that um, it it made it relevant, right? It made it it made those different inflection points and chapters of my life. It like demarcates them because I think the way that my memory works, at least as an adult, um, I remember a lot. I do remember first person view of a lot of things, but like the photos jog it, and like I can mm-hmm. I can remember like being in my backyard sledding and hitting the fence, and my dad making the joke about like don't break the fence, you guys. I actually just sent out a bunch of VHS tapes to this like company and it put it in like this vault. And so I got to go and watch. It was like, it was a whole thing. Oh my gosh. Of all these videos my parents had taken of us as kids. And it was like sad for me too. Cause Ben was like, I wish I had that. Like my parents didn't have a video camera. And I'm like, I wish that I wish that we had that too, you know? And it's like hilarious. Like watching these different things like watching like I was biting my fingernails and my dad like smacks my hand out of my mouth and I'm, <laughs> I saw that in real time and I was like oh wow I would never do that to my kid and I'm like but yeah. that was just so normal and yeah. it, what it what it showed me was like there was like deep love my parents had deep love for us but it was always it was also harsh love there was mm. also like a harshness in the love like a like a you know kind of that it wasn't like it was like tender but it was also hard and yeah. so I think that I, I get to see how, oh, like I'm hard with myself, with love. Mm-hmm. I'm harsh with myself about love. I'm tender with my children. 
but I'm harsh with myself. And sometimes I'm harsh with my husband mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or I withhold or I I'm rigid. There's like a rigidity. And I think like seeing those being jogged by those images and those videos and all that, it reminds me, I, I can kind of transport back, you know, and Ben's like, it's so crazy how, you know, I'm getting a witness of my husband, like your parents, like they sound exactly the same. And he's like, and also like your dad then sounds like your brother now. And your mother then sounds like you now, like your mm. voice is same. Wow. So weird. Right. So it's just like the sensory yeah. multidimensional time warp thing happening. Um, and I'm really grateful for it. And I also think, you know, my mother is very, very sentimental and, and she's an artist. I mean, she's also would used to do sketching and like beautiful sketches of the photographs that she would take, like of us. It's amazing. And she's also like this big music person. So she had this cassette tape and record collection that ran super deep. And she would play like a lot of instrumental music or like soundtracks of movies a non non favorite of mine, but my brother and I make jokes about this with like Schindler's list was like a big one for her. And so like, yeah. when she was really depressed, she would like put on Schindler's list and like go sit in the living room in the dark and just cry. And Jake and I would just be like, Oh boy. <laughs> and, oh God. And be like, one of us would be like, I'm not going on. And so we would have like candlelit dinners, like almost every night. No. Okay. Every night with music. That was my mom. And she worked she worked like she worked. I don't, I don't know how I'm like, mom, I can hardly even scrape together an effing grilled cheese. (laughs) Like I feed them. And then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I am terrible at this. Like you're a superhero. How did you do that? Like you'd make beautiful meals. My mom is also like an incredible cook and she'd make these meals for us. And then she'd light the candles and she put on one of the soundtrack. And it's like, we would sit there and we listen to like, Wyndham Hill or Narada or John, you know, what's his face? All those soundtracks, John Williams. And it's like, so like music and memory and there's such a sensory like world that I live in because I was, it was, it was what I was immersed in as a child, you know, and like Mm. deep and sentimental. It's why I can cry like the drop of a hat, you know, any, everything makes me cry because I'm just like the beauty of it all. And there was Mm. a lot of complexity and there was a lot of really hard stuff growing up, you know, like, but there was so much love too, even though it was harsh in some ways, you know, it was like, it was like fierce love, if that makes sense. Mm, My God. And yeah, the the self-discovery that's made possible by these like visual artifacts is so like, yes, because it's big change. Like as your eyes change through your experiences, your lens change, these things are static. So they're the same as they ever was or ever were, but like the meaning shift and it's just like the most mind-blowing thing. So like, yeah, it could kill me. It could, it could kill, kill me. me. I know. I, I could be I, like, just put me in the grave. Like <laughs> the fact that they even exist. I the know. fact that they even like dad is videoing us with his like big old thing on his shoulder in a short shorts back in the nineties. Right. right like mm-hmm. mom's there, like give him a turn Amber, like at the kites. We're like flying freaking ki- what? Who goes and flies kites in a park with all the other people flying crazy kites. And we're like, videoing and it goes in the bushes and my dad's getting it out my mom's videoing and i'm just like oh my they were like they literally bought a kite for us brought the video camera brought us to the park i have like sunglasses on and like a cute outfit my brother does too like somebody my mom my, not somebody my mom got the outfit got the sunglasses made sure we had all the things we're at the park flying an effing kite and like my parents' marriage was really tense and, but like, she was doing that. Yeah. Oh my God. I could just, I know. Every part of it, every, every part of it. It, And like the idea that the, the push and pull with the artful photos that you have of yourself is this beautiful, like labor of love. It's so evident of their love and like their adoration for you in those photos. And you also get to, understand and witness the raw because you can't edit video the home videos you're like you see the hardness so it's like you're able to like have this full holistic understanding of like oh my god I make sense to me I could cry I make sense to me so much more through seeing this and like these have been around for years but like all of a sudden you're like I see it oh my god like I have so much more compassion for when I'm feeling so from my parents because when I look at my home videos my dad was not an artist he took so many home videos with the thing on his shoulder 
And like all of a sudden, recently, in recent years, I realized, because with my photos, I almost feel like I can never get close enough. And I was watching the home videos one day and I'm like, oh my God, he always starts zooming in, like I'm not like weirdly, like just like for no reason, just zooms in to faces. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I got that you. from him. <laughs> I know. I, oh. like, I got that from him. And like, I'm always like, can't get close enough to people's faces. So it's like, so funny that like, I'm an artist. My dad, quote unquote, wasn't, I, everyone's an artist, I believe, but he doesn't consider himself a, an artist. But like, I, it was embedded in me. And so like, you're able to recognize through this like visual history of yourself, where those pieces came. So you can look at them with more love, like softer. You can look at them with Huh, I see the hardness, but I also see the love. And like, it makes me like soften to this right now. Oh, right. I can see more dimensions of this and thus understand myself in a more multidimensional way. Oh, blah. you know, so now fast forward, you're a mama, you're with your kids. What, how, how are you like documenting? I mean, I just want to eat them. The others also, <laughs> I just want to like, chew on them on their faces <laughs> their cheeks there's that um <laughs> i mean yeah like mamarazzi is my funny term when i um i'm like listen i'm the mamarazzi that is my actual job and you're gonna thank me someday so like relax and and then sometimes i pull the camera out it's just it's you know because but then it just like the pictures just sit on the thing forever so it's fun yeah. to like have it in my hand and use the the tool but then it's like the translation yeah. time is Poor Alex is the second born, you know, he's like yeah, locked yeah, yeah, yeah. on the card. So thank goodness that the technology of the iPhone has improved dramatically because I've got lots of things happening there. We did do a photo shoot down in Florida where we adopted Alex um, on his one year birthday, which was so special. It was like so unexpected, but I was like, we need to do this. Like we need, and the woman we like met her while, while I was hosting my mastermind retreat, like two days before I just met her, like taking pictures of people in the ocean and I was like, do you do photo shoots? She's like, yeah. So then it was like, what's your Instagram? So then I found her and I was like, oh my God, she's amazing. I messaged her. I was like, we're going to be here till this day. Like, can we do a shoot on our last night? And she was like, yeah. So I ended up just finding this woman. And then she took these like miraculous pictures of my family with this incredible sunset that she goes, it's literally like the best sunset that I've ever had. It was like beams coming through and all these clouds. And it was just, the water was like teal it was the cutest thing in the world. And so, yeah, I think, um, I take so many things in my phone. It's just ridiculous. And mm -hmm. I love it. And I think another part of it too, is, you know, Alex, we adopted Alex. And so we keep in touch with his birth mom. And so we created this account in this app, it's called tiny beans. And I put pictures like I still do like every week I put pictures of him in there and sometimes some videos. And I was saying to Ben, you know, like, we're in a, a moment right now where she's hasn't logged in for a while. So like sometimes she will a lot. And then sometimes she'll just like be gone for a while. Um, and we're in one of those, like she's gone again moments. And, you know, I just like keep doing it, but I'm like, like she will have this resource always. Like she'll always have access to this, but like Alex will have this. Yeah. It's like all these moments of his life, like from the yeah. first day that we met him, you know, the two days after he was born, like, this is always going to be here, you know, like, this is so sacred, you know? So I think, um, yeah, perfect isn't the goal, but just documenting the chapters and the moments and the memories and, and being yeah. playful with it. And yeah, I, I love it all. You know, it's just, I'm so grateful we have technology the way that we do now too. You know, it's funny. It makes me think of something that's been like, uh, ripe or like more on top for me is there was a story that actually Katie told me once, Katie Dragos, um, who's also in your coaching program. And she was saying there was this one day she was taking photos like by a lake with her friend and her son was holding her phone or something like that. I'm going to butcher it. Anyway, later on, she looked and she had saw that he had taken photos of her and she was just sobbing, brought to tears, like at the idea of like how, like he thought, this is important. Like, this is my mom. <laughs> and, but in reality, I think it's so funny that we are so able to see that, like our little one, take a photo of us. But like, that is us. That's us. Can we just witness ourselves in that? Like, look how beautifully you're, instead of like shaming yourself, oh, I keep picking up my phone. Let me just be in the moment. It's like, let, you know, let I yourself totally. see that. It's gorgeous that you see it enough to be like, oh, let me just 
Yeah. And it's like, then you look back and you go, my gosh, like former self, I love you so much because you gave me these past photos, which just is like my favorite thing in the world. I can never figure out how to like swipe to actually see it. Oh, that. Okay. Like, you know, it's, it's like, what? Just weep together and all these pictures. Bonnie, like, you know, like things like like, dramatic, like music to it. I know. I know. Why would I take these pictures of her? You know, like, gosh, look at us. And like, look at that and think about her being your age, looking at that. Like what? I can't. It's like right before Alex came. So it's like those inflection points too of like when these pictures and then, you know, and then there he is like, look at him. And then everything changed. And then everything everything changes. Like the whole world changes, but there was an Ani that existed before her brother came into her world. And there were, there were eight years of that that are just so important. And I, I love that this technology can do that, you know, that it can like give us these gifts, these moments, you know, like for smoothie in Florida or like with my dad, you know, with his granddaughter. Oh, it could just kill me. And the fact that I can commune with it every day in this like easy way, it, I think it, it brings life closer to us in a lot of, uh, it brings life closer to us. Yeah. That's a quote. That's a quote card. Um, we ended up somewhere I didn't foresee, but of course, (laughs) what, anything else? Is there anything that like feels pressing right now? Is there anything that's been on your heart lately, um, in this world or out of this world? I don't care. Um, that feels like really important or something that you want to talk about. Um, yeah, I just, I think that, um, I just said this to a client earlier today we were talking about this sort of the sacred spiritual nature of life. And in March um, of this year, so one year, um, Alex's first birthday and a year after we adopted him, I got the word held tattooed on my wrist. And um, at first I was, I knew I wanted to get something here that was like a reminder, but the word wouldn't emerge for me yet. You know, it's like, I don't know. And I certainly wasn't going to rush it. And Mm -hmm. it just like kept coming. It was like held, held, held. And I think that I live a lot of my life um, feeling like I wasn't held. Like I, like I had to fight for survival. I had to like, I was like gripping on so tight mm-hmm. and it's just like this amazing. Cause that's really the analogy I would say. Like, I feel like I was like holding on for dear life. Mm-hmm. And of course, right. When I learned when Alex came into my life and the way that all unfolded, you know, after seven years of infertility, two failed IVF cycles of miscarriage, like literally just saying to the universe, like I'm, my fertility is complete. I understand that now. And I'm like, this is so hard for me to surrender, but I just have to like, let it go. Mm-hmm. And just feeling I'm 39 years old. Like, how am I letting that go? Like, I know I'm supposed to, my mother, my motherhood story is incomplete. And then by the grace, right. You know, this miraculous story unfolds and here comes Alex and it just was like the master teaching that like brought everything together in my life of like all of these moments of things that didn't make sense. And, you know, looking back, like, how did I meet Ben? I was like divorced. And then I met my husband, Ben, you know, who's like the father of my children and, mm-hmm. you know, Ani and a near-death experience when she was born and going through IUI to conceive her and just like leaving my job and then building this business and meeting all the amazing friends and people that are in my life now and like the unfolding of it all. And really what the word was, was just held like you, because you've always been held. And so it's this idea that perhaps, you know, like everything we're gripping on for dear life with, like, we're just holding on, holding on so tight. But when it's like, oh, it brings me back to like being a little kid. And like, I almost drowned when I was three and my dad saved me and he just held me in the water. Like I was like, you know, I was under the water. And of course, Bianca, my mom has a picture of my dad holding me in the water right after. And like, he, he was like, we weren't going to take you out of the water because we wanted you to know that you were safe. Oh God. Jesus. 
Yeah. And so I invite us to think about, you know, like the ways that we've been held and the fact that we're here is the proof of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) God. Yeah. Oh my goodness. (sighs) Okay. Well, I don't know how to wrap up after that one. Just end on that note. Um, (laughs) Can you share with us anything that you have going on right now? Anything you want to, all the links will be in the show notes. All, I mean, Amber has a new gorgeous website, like with her, there's some of her story on it and that'll be in the show notes, but anything else you want to share about what's coming up? I mean, I'm in her Ignite program and I have been for, I don't know. I feel like I don't remember life before that, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, just whatever you want to share about your work right now. Yeah. You know, why don't I just read a poem just for fun? Oh, yes, please. Let's do that. Hold on. This is a poem good one. from your book. This is my book, Paddle Home. Yeah. And it has Lauren's beautiful pictures in it. There's one that's on this particular page. And I think, honestly, like these pictures are some of my most favorite pictures ever in this. You know, and we did them all in black and white. We converted them if they weren't. I just went and like found them, you know, like mm. look at that. Mm. You know, and and I will also say when we did this photo shoot, it was during the pandemic. It was almost felt like we shouldn't like be together. It was like at that point in the pandemic, it was like June or July of 2020 yeah. where it's like, oh, you like everybody good. We're good. We're good. You know, it was, but yeah, Sid and Lauren came over and we, I just like got in the water and we did this shoot. And I didn't know that this was for paddle home when I did it. Like I, the, the book wasn't even a poetry book yet. Like I was just writing poems. Why? Yeah. This was just like a one-off shoot. Like what was the, you we were going to use them on my website and for my branding. And so like half the shoot is like in my home office, like in the kitchen, like just playing and doing different things with some of the different dresses that I had. And then we, at the end, I was like ones with the trees it on our land here. And then I was like, let's, I had bought this pink dress. And then Lauren's like, we like just go in the water. And then she was like really pushing me more. It was so freaking cold too. Like the water, it was actually, it was like, it must've been like May. It was, the water was still freaking cold. And um, I got in there and Kristen came in. It was like my lifeguard at one point. Cause my dress was like wrapping around my legs. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't swim. Like it's freezing cold. And I'm like going to drown in this stupid dress. So yeah, it was, it was really funny. Like it's like one of our favorite memories we laugh about. But yeah, we just, we just went and we were playing and we were co-creating. And then this shoot came and then all these pictures um, were like the theme, you know, of what this, the book is like about. And, and then there's other ones that Lauren's done all these pictures. So I was like, I'm just going to weave these throughout. That's, it feels, and then I have like these pages, like little black quotes and step Mm. and repeat sort of phrases and things throughout. It just was such an, like an artistic expression to create this book in this way. Um, so so, yeah, let me read this one because I opened to it and it just feels very Bianca-esque for me to read a poem called (laughs) Heartbreak. (laughs) Yeah. here we go each breath is a chance to begin again each tiny expression of love and every thought that stretches a heart beyond its storied armor is a beginning may we give ourselves boundless grace and infinity chances at loving ourselves through the fog of our own disappointments may we have the courage to face our heartbreak in all its glory for the break cannot exist without the love Are you looking for the award for the most amount of time is making me cry? <laughs> I'm with you. I'm like, shit, who wrote that? I'm like, we were talking about disappointment and I didn't even realize that that was going to do that. I just opened up to it. Oh my gosh. Disappointment, heartbreak, seeing Whoa. myself. That yeah. was the, the most relevant. <laughs> I mean, I just flipped it open. It was there. So again, <sighs> we're just not in charge. And when you live like you're not in charge of how it's all going to unfold, man, it gets so good. It gets so good. And it does. And it does also feel like a risk. So I want to say that it feels like a risk. But I think you come to the point where you realize there is no other option. And the the biggest risk is living to some some vague whatever and then coming to the end of your life and realizing that what the real risk was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, you can get the paddle on Amazon and you can go to my website, amberlution.com. Check out Ignite Your Business. You get to hang out with Bianca. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm here to help. 
And I just happen to be somebody who is a seer and I know a lot about business and marketing and humanity and psychology and all those things. And I, why I love business is because it gives us, humans are here to create things. Like we are innately just like put a kid with a piece of paper or a stick in the sand and they're going to draw something. Mm -hmm. It's just how humans are wired. It's to create. And so I love that so much. And I believe our businesses are like those beautiful things that do this duality in that they can create something to change the course of history, to shift humanity, to, to further the evolutionary process for us in a positive and beautiful reflective way, because we create what improves, I think by and large. Mm -hmm. And it's like our signature, it's our legacy to create something that makes things better as a result of the healing we've gone through. And then secondly, it provides us with the monetary support we need to exist in this modern society, which relies on money. And that's important too. And I know how to help people kind of do that and both. And mm. I, I just love it because it's like, it gets to be your contribution and your signature and also gets to support your family. And so I think it's a very sacred way to, to love people and bring people together who are here to actually create things, to actually make things new. I want to hang out with those people because they're the visionaries and the dreamers. And they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're taking their, they're alchemizing what's inside and they're trying to create new ways of existing. And mm -hmm. it's so fun. Yeah. You hold people as you help them learn how to hold themselves and their, all of it. And like mm -hmm. getting seeing uncovering the choice and being able to see like how you can alchemize beautiful words like the and both and the everything and the nothingness of like what's true for them mm. yeah, yeah. Mm, amber thank you so much i am so honored to have you on here i can't even tell you and um i'm so glad that we got to get together and have this conversation so thank you me too love you sister thank you love you too much if you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group. Every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be hopping on live for Q&A on the latest episode and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. <laughs> and two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast. <laughs>